Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, February the 8th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you about my co-host. She's the reason why I'm not watching the Beijing Winter Olympics because, hey, she is a platinum medalist when it comes to getting the truth out there. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? Sheila, I'm so sorry, but we have a technical difficulty. I don't know if you can hear me, but I cannot hear you for some reason. Uh, oh, there we because are. I had my... I had my microphone muted. That's fine. Because when you called me, I went upstairs. Like when the office called me, I went upstairs to get a coffee. And I thought, they don't need to hear me rummaging around my house. So I put my microphone on mute and then forgot to bring it back on. But what I was saying was, David, yes. I have missed your introductions. <laughs> I, you know, while oh. you were gone, everybody, every woman needs someone cheering for them <laughs> the way you cheer for me. Well, it, it's so wonderful to know that um, there are some women that welcome uh, my presence <laughs> as opposed to running the other way from me. But what's wrong with Adam Seuss? Why can't he do the, uh, uh, you know, the five-star introduction for you? You are certainly worthy of it, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Nobody does it like you do, David. Now, <laughs> wasn't that the name of a song in the 70s? <laughs> you know what? I'm sure that's the first time in your life anybody's ever said that to you. You but... <laughs> are correct. <laughs> uh, I know that I am a lot smaller than David in real life, but I feel like we are not to scale currently. David looks like the Hulk. No, don't make me bigger. Make David smaller. <laughs> yeah, I look like the Hulk when in reality I'm more like Ant-Man. So, you know, if we can uh, fool around with that. but Swamp thing. <laughs> enough chicanery, Sheila. Uh, it is so busy. We have a topic sheet here. Holy mackerel. I don't know if we'll get around to even half of these, but... Uh, also, a heads up, I believe uh, Premier Scott Moe will be having a uh, presser. Um, I think it was to start a few minutes ago, but, you know, these fellows are always late, especially uh, Justin Trudeau. I mean, he has an arduous commute, uh, one flight of stairs <laughs> down that cottage yeah. of his. You know, Three so steps. He's, <laughs> I know, Three always steps. at least 20 <laughs> minutes late in his own house, right? Um, but in uh, any event, why don't we very quickly uh, get to the housekeeping rules that you're so good at uh, stating, Sheila, in terms of what we're trying to do here and why we might have to port away from YouTube at some point. Sure. Um, and uh, the day today, the news, there's there's so much. So we've got an announcement from Scott Moe. Jason Kenney just tweeted a few minutes ago that he, uh, the return to normal in Alberta will be announced at five. But he put if in in like his tweet, like, if pressure continues to decline on hospitals, we might have the best spring ever. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we have uh, the guys. <laughs> if um, We've got a news about uh, a liberal. Finally, finally, the first one breaking ranks with the party over lockdown restrictions. And the first one to say that, hey, maybe we actually should listen to the hundred thousand people that showed up on our doorstep to tell us what they think of us. Maybe we should maybe just go out there and listen to them. And we We've got uh, just breaking just moments ago news about Pastor Art Pulaski. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we want to get to that. Um, we're just sorting out the details now. We've already got lawyers engaged 
as we tend to do with Pastor Art. So um, we'll get to that right away, but I'll get the housekeeping stuff out of the way right away, and I'll do it as quickly as possible for our regular viewers who get annoyed that I do this every time. But I have to assume <laughs> that some of you are new. Thank you for being with us from the very beginning, but we're getting new friends all the time. Okay, so um, this is the Rebel News daily live stream. It used to just be on YouTube, just on Fridays, just hosted by Ezra. But then the pandemic struck. There's more news than ever. Um, so we expanded it to five days a week. The problem, though, with YouTube is that they are now a censorship platform. They demonetized us, and they put this whole host of crazy rules about things we can't talk about, things that you could talk about on NBC or CNN, but if Rebel News says them, ah, uh, gone from the internet forever. Just pretend like we don't even exist. So we don't want to abandon YouTube. We are broadcasting on actually now four other platforms simultaneously. So when we get to a point on YouTube, when we are going to say things that will get us canceled, we just cut the feed altogether. And we encourage the people watching us on YouTube to maybe come over to another platform that doesn't care about your politics, like Odyssey, Rumble, and Super U, and all three of those give you a way to support the work that we do completely willingly instead of like what Justin Trudeau does with the mainstream media. He just reaches into your pocket and he's like, here, you guys are making stuff nobody wants. Here's some money for that. Um, <laughs> and we're also <laughs> live streaming simultaneously on Getter, which is new for us. Uh, but Getter is the free speech alternative to the censorship platform of Twitter. And, uh, I've made a commitment to spend a little bit more time on Getter than I do on Twitter because why am I giving Twitter my gold for free? So I'm going to start spending a little bit more time over on Getter. And that those are the nuts and bolts. Now, Mr. Producer AD tells me that Scott Moe, he's live now. Do we want to go to that? Oh, and there's Kelly. Hello, hello. having some audio problems with Premier Scott Moe, but I see our friend Kelly, our Saskatchewan-based journalist and uh, Saskatchewan uh, analyst, let's say. She's joining us um, to give us some expert analysis on what Scott Moe has to say. So maybe cut back out. I hear his audio. Hello. How, How is everyone, everyone today? today? I, I, I look I giant, giant here, geez, geez. <laughs> Transmission of Omicron like it did with previous variants. And I will continue to encourage everyone and anyone that is eligible to go out and get vaccinated, your first, your second, and ultimately your booster dose, as vaccines most certainly do provide significant protection against serious illness from Omicron or any other variant. However, if someone makes a different choice about whether or not they are vaccinated, that's their right, and this government is going to respect that right. Today, with Omicron, the benefits of the proof of vaccination policy no longer outweigh the costs. This policy most certainly has run its course. So it's time for us to take a step back in living with COVID and to get to make every effort to get our lives back to normal. It's time for us also to heal the divisions in our communities over vaccination. Those divisions uh, are in our families. They're, they, yes, they're in our communities, but they are across our province and they're across this nation. It's time for us to come together as families, as friends, as, as communities, and as a province and as a nation, and it's time for us to reach out and support one another. Let's not judge our neighbor because they may be vaccinated or because they may not be vaccinated. 
Let's not judge our neighbor if they should choose to wear a mask or not to choose to wear a mask in the weeks ahead. Whenever someone is doing their own personal risk assessment, which we have asked them to do in this province for a period of time now, uh, they're doing that assessment for themselves, possibly for their family, and they may come back with a, a different decision than what you might uh, arrive at. And that different conclusion, albeit maybe different from where you have landed, should not be judged. It should be respected and it should be accepted. It's time for each of us as individuals now to make a conscious effort to treat everyone in our daily lives that we encounter equally. It's also time for the proof of vaccination mandate to end. So effective at midnight this Sunday, February the 13th, all provincial proof of vaccination requirements will end. In Saskatchewan businesses, in venues and provincially regulated workplaces, this means that the proof of vaccination or the negative test option that we provided will no longer be a provincial requirement. Starting on Valentine's Day, February the 14th, um, this will be the case. This will leave one remaining COVID measure in place and that is indoor masking. That measure remains in effect until the end of February. I want to thank all of the businesses and the venues and the workplaces who have shifted course throughout this pandemic to keep their employees and to keep their customers safe. And all of those who implemented and administered the proof of vaccination or proof of negative test policy over the course of the past few months. Thank you for doing your part in your, our fight against COVID. And again, I want to thank everyone who made uh, this choice. Um, it is a wise choice to ultimately go out and get vaccinated. You are keeping yourself safe. As we move into this next phase, the phase of now living with COVID, I would ask you to continue to make wise choices. This is paramount to our success. Go get your booster dose if you haven't already. Stay home if you're not feeling well. Do a rapid test from time to time. If you do test positive, we want you to stay at home for five days. But let's all in the meantime, also get back to living our lives normally and doing the things that we all love to do. And let's all make that extra effort to be just a little more understanding of others when we may disagree. In fact, this may well be our largest challenge in getting our lives back to normal in our in our families, in our communities, in our friendship groups, and, and in our province. We must realize that it's okay for us to disagree. We do hold strong opinions in this province, and those are on full display often. But we can disagree without being disagreeable. Don't lose a friend to COVID. You might have to take some time apart, but keep that door open. Time and time again, Saskatchewan people have proven that we achieve great things when we come together and when we work together. And when we accept those who may have a different opinion than we do. And when we respect others' individual decisions. We are poised to lead this nation through COVID. And we are poised to lead the world in an economic recovery in this province. So let's work together. Let's work together to heal some of the divisions. Let's understand that we can forgive our friends, our family members, maybe even ourselves, if that is necessary. Let's work to heal those divisions. Let's come together and let's once again uh, be ourselves in our communities. This is a great province. This is a united province. Um, but most importantly, this is a tolerant province and we are going to need all of that tolerance in the days ahead. It's time for us to move. Thank you. Dr. Shahab, do you have some comments? Thank you, Premier. I'll just clarify a few things. 
Um, I think that's that, good. Um, obviously, vaccines remain available 5 to 11 per second. Dose. Yeah, I don't need to listen to the public health necromancer tell us about <laughs> vaccines for kids. I'm good. Um, yeah, look at this ridiculous man. Um, you could tell. I could tell his politics by ha- his mask. Um, but that was phenomenal. That was great. And that is a politician acknowledging that this has not just separated people because of the biomedical police state, Hmm. but this has politically separated people, that families are divided now over the issue of vaccine passports, social distancing. This has cracked families and societies apart, and he's right to call for tolerance. I don't want to see somebody, like, I just gave that guy a hard time because he's just sitting there wearing a mask in a press conference (laughs) eight feet away from the next person. So I'm not the best person to be talking about this. But at the same time, yeah, if you see somebody who wants to live in fear and drive around in their car with a mask, I might just have a little chuckle to myself, but I'm not going to yell at him. And, uh, I, I hope that the same goes the other way, and I think that Scott Moe feels the same way. Well, Sheila, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll take um, you know the end of proof of vaccination mandates over a dozen roses on Valentine's Day any day, um, and end a month, of course, as uh, Premier Moe said, uh, no more uh, indoor masking. It, it looks like the what do you call him, the necromancer? I wonder if necromancers. His, I wonder if his <laughs> mask comes off anytime soon. But you know, uh, I see we are joined uh, yes. by our Saskatchewan correspondent Kelly Lamb. How you doing there, Kelly? And since you live in that province, what's your take on the premier's announcement? Well, I'm all smiles right now. Um, even though I didn't get such an incredible introduction as Sheila did, I'm a little insulted, but otherwise I'm in a great mood. Uh, this is fantastic news. I was live when he made the announcement that he was going to eventually make this announcement. And I was excited then, but a bit trepidatious because you don't know what's going to happen. He's lied a couple of times. It was very vague. And then he kept announcing that he was going to announce it and he would announce it again. And here we are finally with a resolution of some kind. So I'm pleased. And like Sheila said, I'm very pleased to see that not only is he addressing the logistical elements, but he is addressing the societal elements and how this has affected people and telling people to be kind to each other. Now, I will say to hold him to account, he was not so kind uh, in the beginning. I've called him out on that a couple of times, as I'm sure other rebels have. Uh, I think it was December 7th, he spoke about uh, taking away the stigmatization of the vax. And that was the first time we saw him sort of turn a corner in his language. Before that, it was very much, we're sick of this. You know, we don't have the patience. It's not, we're not asking you to go to Normandy. We're just asking you to get a needle. It was very degrading. So it's nice to see that he has shifted, turned a corner. And now that has led to action which is extremely good for this province. And, oh, he is going to take flack for this from the media. So he better be prepared in the weeks to come. And, and ladies, yeah, let I... me throw this out to you. I want to get your point of view. I might be wrong, but, you know, the detractors of the Freedom Convoy say, aside from these truckers and their supporters having a big temper tantrum and honking horns, what have they tangibly accomplished in the yes. almost two weeks they've been here? <laughs> exactly, Sheila. I think you see provinces moving to end the mandates. I think this was the catalyst for Erno O'Toole getting kicked out of caucus. Sure. I think it was the catalyst for Pierre Polyev uh, finally throwing his ring back in uh, for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. Uh, am I wrong here or is no. are we seeing tangible benefits? No, it's one of those rare times that you're right. Um, the um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we watched uh, Jason Kenney go from we're rolling restrictions back 
at the end of March to, oh, maybe we're going to do it at the end of February to we're going to do it in a couple weeks from now, which would have been like Valentine's Day to he's making announcements today <laughs> about rolling restrictions back immediately. And that timeline didn't just jump back 60 days because uh, the science suddenly changed or things suddenly changed in hospitals. Uh, the political climate changed and I don't even think the political ch climate changed. I think there was a tangible manifestation of how people are really feeling taking place in a convoy. It's easy to say, well, I think people are feeling that way or the polls are showing this. But when you have entire Canadian communities dumping out onto the highway yeah. to show support for a convoy that has no intention on ending and a growing blockade in Coots that has turned Milk River into the biggest town in southern Alberta, where farmers are engaged in civil disobedience once again here in Alberta. Um, that can spook a lot of politicians. Like uh, the second the convoy landed in Ottawa, Scott Moe was like, you know what? We're opening up. <laughs> science, science, follow the science. We're following the science, and science, um, science says we got to open up. When it was clearly, clearly, clearly the convoy, the very day it landed in Ottawa, that's the day he made an announcement. And I know because Kelly was on air with me when it happened. I do think it's kind of weird though his timeline because uh, Valentine's Day you will be kissing through a mask because indoor masks <laughs> are till the end of the month. So that's weird, but whatever. There's a lot of people who will do that. We've seen it. And, and I want to ask Kelly, uh, you know Saskatchewan better than Sheila and I, of course, being there. If you were to commission a poll, for example, on what uh, Premier Mo just announced, uh, does this get majority thumbs up or thumbs down? Well, like with other places in the country, it very much depends on where you are. So if you're in rural Saskatchewan, even though generally speaking, a lot of people are vaccinated, most people, the rural folks don't want to throw their neighbors under the bus for not being vaccinated. They still want to be normal. It's your decision. It's a much more common sense thing, generally speaking. That said, the fear has gotten to people as well in Saskatchewan. And I, it was surprising to me how much, but it depends on, of course, um, I guess the demographics and whatnot. But I find in general, people here have been less toxic, less caustic to each other over this. And so um, for me, I think that this is going to be big because a lot of people just said, we're doing it because Scott Moe said so. And when you ask people their reasoning, whether it's employers uh, in the sort of industry sort of side of it, or whether it's more governmental agencies, most of them have done it because the higher up said to, and the higher up does it because the next higher up says to, and so on. It's only being done because he sanctioned it. And so a lot of these people are going to be relaxing just because he said they can. And I've already seen this happen at my mother's condo, people that were very staunch and very afraid. And they they put down the strict mandate and they were very cocky about it. And as soon as he said he was going to lift it, it just took one person in that senior's condo to say, hey, maybe it's time. And they thought, well, Scott Moe did it, we'll do it. And so I think that's really what's gonna it's going to come down to. People in Saskatchewan are caring for each other. We're the type of people that raise more for, you know, Telemiracle every year than other places. We're the, the kind of place that started universal healthcare. We are not um, cold to other people's needs. And I think what happened was just a, a massive propaganda campaign of telling people that there's only one way to care about your neighbor, and that is to get the vaccine and then shun other people if they don't have it. Thankfully, most people didn't fully get on board, but it is going to be a shift. And we do have a lot of people that will be mad. Um, the NDP are going to be really upset about this. But I think for the most part, from what we're seeing at protests and stuff, the counter protesters to the, the convoy and whatnot are pretty small. It's pretty minimal. So if you read the, the MSM, you'll see a different view. But 
generally speaking, people are done and I think they're ready to move on and they don't care whether their neighbor is vaccinated or not. So that's that's what I'm hearing in general. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I think you're you're right, Kelly. And of course, what is the NDP not upset about? And um, I got to tell you, after spending the weekend in Ottawa, just got back last night, I felt like I was on a time machine. I went back in time to 2019. Nobody was wearing masks, even into restaurants, the few in the downtown core that were open. Uh, people were so friendly. There were hugs all around. Haven't heard anything of uh, downtown Ottawa becoming a super spreader uh, for any of the uh, various virus. Uh, variants of the coronavirus. So, um, you know, Sheila, uh, let's get back to normal. I got to tell you, uh, the last few weekends I've been watching the NFL games. Again, it's like a different universe. A stadia that seat almost 80,000 people, no masks. They're sitting cheek to jowl, no social distancing. And when you look at whether it's Kansas City or Tennessee uh, or Los Angeles, there's no spikes in the coronavirus. Um, what What is holding up all the other provinces from getting online as of right now to get back to normalcy? Politics. Um, we are run by a bunch of people who have never done anything genuinely good for another person in the world. And so uh, this is my non-scientific, just my own observation of the world. The desire to hang on to masks and restrictions and distancing and vaccine passports is driven by and large by the, um, the most selfish people in the world who have never done anything for anybody else. And so they have this thing that shows that I'm just like a, a hero. I'm a hero because I wear this mask and I'm saving lives. And so when you take this away from them, this thing that says that you're a hero, you're just like a police officer. Um, when you take that away from them, they go back to their life of mediocrity mm. and they don't like that. They're going to hang on to it with both hands. And uh, you can, th that's what the, I think there are going to be a lot of people who are wearing that mask and hanging on to restrictions and stomping their feet as a symbol of their own virtue that they don't normally have in other times. They're not the kind of people who shovel anybody's walks for funsies. You know what I mean? Well, I think you're right, uh, Sheila. But here's the thing. When it comes to the COVID care and community, um, we're not forcing you to go and sit unmasked in a restaurant or an arena or a movie theater. If you right. want to stay at home and get Uber Eats to bring your food in, uh, you know, morning, noon and night and leave it on the porch and never have any kind of physical human contact, you can do that in the technical, technical, in the technical world that we live in these days. And I, so in other words, if you want to remain uh, isolated, that's your choice to do so. We're not forcing people uh, to get back to normal if they kind of dig that. What's your take on that, Kelly? That's where I'm at as well. Uh, I think Sheila had it bang on. Um, there's definitely a, a virtuous element of look at how much I care about everybody else. And I have to say it perfectly echoes the voice of Justin Trudeau last night when he was just basically telling people 10 different ways of how to care for each other, but not really telling anybody <laughs> how to care for each other. It's just such fluffy language and people are stuck into the fluff of all this. And unfortunately, wearing a mask is an easy way to just, if you like you said, Sheila, if you don't want to do any hard labor um, or charitable action or sacrifice 
sacrifice of the self for the world uh, or your community or others, this is a great way to just throw something on and you can take a picture of yourself and you can hashtag it and tell everybody how wonderful you are. And I do think there's going to be people that have found way too much power with this, as well as the bully hall monitor types that will not want to let go because they've been given this sort of social license now to act the way that they've always wanted to, but have had to sort of keep it at bay to sort of fit into society. So I think that it's going to be an interesting shift in the coming days, um, weeks and months, and maybe years. This is so far reaching when it comes to masks. We're dealing with kids and we're dealing with speech stuff. We're dealing with relational stuff. We're dealing with economic stuff. The fallout of this medically, financially, socially is unprecedented. And it's going to be really amazing to watch what the next few months have to to bring, I guess. But it's um, this is a great place to start. And I'm happy to see that Saskatchewan is returning to some fashion of common sense, which I thought we were. And then we weren't for quite a while. And he was diving into all the rest of the rhetoric. And now it feels a little more like you said, David, I get this sense of, ah, right. That's why I used to be so proud to be Canadian when I watch stuff in Ottawa or when I watch people here doing their their protests. It's um, it brought back a little something that had kind of died in me, to be honest. So this is this is a good start. And you know, yeah. Kelly, it, it was very rich indeed to see uh, the prime minister talk about how we should be caring for each other, mm-hmm. while in the same sentence vilifying and demonizing uh, the truckers and their supporters uh, of the Freedom Convoy. And like I said, I spent four days in Ottawa. And you know what? Uh, didn't see any toppled statues, didn't see any broken windows, wasn't ducking from Molotov cocktails uh, being tossed, didn't see any hate. Uh, these people, even when encountered with counter-protesters, were so friendly, so nice, salt of the earth, real Canadians, um, having a peaceful protest. If you believed what the government was saying and the mainstream media, uh, my goodness, you would think this was really a hate fest going on in Ottawa. The precise opposite is true. And I see the Ottawa police are now amping up their demonization yeah. of the protesters, too. Um, it's really, like I said, really rich to see the prime minister uh, talk about all you need is love when he's the biggest vilifier in Ottawa right now. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I- I I think we're going to jettison from YouTube just to be on the safe side. So if you are watching us uh, on YouTube, might I suggest you move over to Getter, Rumble, Odyssey, and SuperU, and Rumble, Odyssey, and SuperU. Why don't you send us a chat, um, uh, support the work that we do, and we will read that on air. Mr. Producer will send it to me in a message, and we will read it on air and do our best to address your query, question, concern, comment, or story idea. Yeah, you know, speaking of Justin Trudeau, he, he talks a lot about caring. And as you know, the best way to care about your neighbor is to use the full force of the police state to encourage <laughs> them to freeze to death by confiscating their fuel and yeah. arresting people, bringing you food and water. That's the best way to care about your neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's like every time that he claims to be an anti-racist activist, another picture of him shows up wearing blackface or he claims to be a feminist and he fires another prickly woman for standing up to him. These liberals, they talk a good game, but all you have to do is look at their actions about uh, 90 minutes later and and they're doing something completely different. Justin Trudeau literally campaigned on division and hate. Um, Scott Moe, he's making a lot of comments about unity right now. And I think he's having a little bit of a mea culpa because he said, we've got to find a way to forgive our friends, our families, 
and even ourselves. Mm. And I think he's talking about himself there. Get the mask on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and speaking about politicians who are having a bit of a come to Jesus moment, uh, Adam and I were talking yesterday about um, how there's literally nobody in the liberal caucus whatsoever who's breaking ranks with Justin Trudeau and saying, we don't necessarily have to agree with the protesters, but since they, you know, drove all the way across the country and they don't seem to be leaving, maybe we should figure out what they want. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should go out and talk to them. There's one liberal MP who's saying these people have concerns and they deserve to be heard. Uh, we wrote it up for the website. I don't know if it's been published yet, but maybe, Mr. Producer, if you can find the... Uh, yes, so we've got some clips here. This is MP... Uh, he's a Quebec Liberal MP, uh, Joel Lightbound, I think is his name. And uh, he's saying, you know, we we there are cracks in our communities. Uh, the way we've dealt with the pandemic has, and he acknowledges it, caused mental health issues due to job loss, family division, and people out there deserve to be heard. So why don't we roll this clip? And I'm vaccinated. I've heard from people worried to see those they care about fighting each other on this issue, tearing some families and some friends apart. I've heard from a lot of people wondering why just a year ago we were all united, all in this together. And now that we have one of the most vaccinated population in the world, we've never been so divided. Now, these people are increasingly confused when, on the other hand, they hear experts like Dr. Carl Weiss, a renowned Quebec epidemiologist, state last week, and I quote, that COVID-19 is here to stay, that those at risk will have to be monitored closely when symptoms appear, that we will have to protect our healthcare systems, but that we will also have to live with the virus like we do with influenza that we can't go back to lockdowns and restrictions not supported by science. They are confused when they hear Dr. Tam state last week that all existing public health policies, including vaccine passports, need to be re-examined and that we need to have longer-term, sustained approaches and capacity building so we're not in crisis mode all the time as we fight this virus. Wow. That's my kind of liberal. Um, you know, ladies, what are the There's like one good one left. <laughs> <laughs> what are the conversations happening right now with this uh, Quebec-based liberal MP uh, with uh, Justin Trudeau and um, the rest of caucus? Uh, I imagine uh, this is, to say the least, uh, a career-limiting move for him. I don't know who's Go going, ahead, but I would say so. I would say so. I I, I don't envy him, but I applaud him. Um, like you said, that's actually a, a kind of a classical liberal yes. sort of response. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that. Imagine if there was that much sanity in our in the overall liberal party. Just what a different world this would be, or a different can Canada it would be. Mm. But um, yeah, I can't imagine this is going to be something that's going to just projectile him into the next level of um, of fame within the Liberal Party. I think we could see him on his own soon enough. Uh, we see enough with the Conservative Party. I can't see how the Liberal Party is not going to do this as well. So um, good for him, though. I, I applaud anybody, even if it's a little late and they're a little late coming to the party. I think we've all said this. 
welcome. We'll give you a hug anyway. We wish you were here sooner, but uh, it's nice to see. And it's really nice to see because this is not a partisan issue. And I've said it, um, Ezra's pointed that out, you know, there, this is basically could be a political party. They have more actual support really from the Canadian public than any one party. Mm. So this is not a partisan thing. This is about human beings. This is about people that want some bodily autonomy. And I have met all kinds of hippies who love natural health stuff. I've met people that are very conservative. I've met NDPers, Greens, all kinds of people that think this is nonsense. This is not a partisan thing. And there's no need for our politicians to make it as such. And I appreciate and applaud this gentleman. So yeah, I think he's going to get kicked out of the party before the day's over. Um, <laughs> if I were Candace Bergen, I would be reaching out to him and saying, you know what, ah. there's no room for you in the Liberal Party. Why don't you cross the floor? Um, the Conservatives could use some good, reasonable, freedom-minded people. Uh, I'm, and who knows even if he's freedom-minded, but he seems to think that his party has handled this grossly. Um, so maybe um, if I were Candace Bergen, I would be reaching out to this guy um, because I don't think he's going to survive the day. I think he's going to be out on his ear with the truckers outside being ignored by the Liberal Party, just like they are um, before the day's over. Um, and just to put it into context, this guy is not a nobody. He was first elected in 2015. Um, and uh, he's served, I think, in at least two different parliamentary secretary roles during that time. And currently, he's the chair of the House of Commons Industry and Technology Committee. So he does see how this lockdown has hurt the Canadian economy. Um, so maybe that's what drove him. Maybe it's his moral conscience. But what I do know is that it was obviously immensely hard for him to break ranks with the party today because everybody around Justin Trudeau is keeping their mouth shut and supporting him while he ignores this huge chunk of Canadians because Justin Trudeau seems to think that he's the prime minister of only the people who voted for him instead of all Canadians. You know, and Sheila, you raise a really good point. Do you think this individual has already had discussions uh, with the Could Conservative be. Party. I mean, uh, I the last time there was a floor crossing, I think it was, what, 2018? It was Leona Alislev, um, my MP, <laughs> uh, well, at least until September of last year. And, um, you know, these things, uh, you know, the, I, I don't think when you make that statement or make any kind of condemning speech, you haven't already, you know, packed a parachute, so to speak, yeah. that, you know, so maybe uh, this is... Um, you know, a, a fait accompli, as they say, uh, or he's going to sit as an independent, who knows. Uh, but it is so refreshing to see someone in government speak um, in a non-thought-controlled manner by, uh, as ordered by uh, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So, yeah, you're right. Let's see how the day goes uh, in terms of him being uh, disciplined or even ousted. And I guess, you know, we speaking about getting disciplined, we must turn our attention to our friend, uh, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski. You've got to be kidding. He's being arrested already again. Yeah. Uh, while we were having the morning staff meeting, um, <laughs> we <laughs> a few of us got uh, a message saying that Pastor Art had been arrested. Sounds like he was arrested. Uh, someone will correct me if I'm wrong on mischief over $5,000. I what? think that's what it was. We don't know what that was, but uh, Ezra did get a phone call from uh, Nathaniel, Art's son, and we do have Ezra's video on that. So why don't we roll to that, please? 
maybe we're not ready. <laughs> okay, just one second. Um, so anyways, if people want to see the, all the details, Ezra's tweets and his video, they can go to savearcher.com for all your art Poloski needs and news. And you can support his legal defense there because Sarah Miller has pretty well made uh, Art Poloski her full-time job, Sarah Miller from JSS Barristers. Um, between the crackdown on Pastor Art for the crime of feeding the homeless, which the city of Calgary called an illegal public gathering, <laughs> to Alberta Health Services trying to bust into his church during services to do an inspection, to getting court injunctions prohibiting him from speaking, to him being found in contempt and then issued compelled speech orders that required him to give the government's line, the Pfizer salesman line, on vaccines and restrictions. Um, by the way, Sounds like Scott Moe would be in violation of that court order if that court order had applied to him because the science has somehow changed from when Pastor Art was slapped with a compelled speech order to today when restrictions are being lifted. And that's the problem with all of this stuff is what could get you canceled six months ago is government policy today. Yeah. Um and that's been the story of Pastor Art. He is continually arrested in these high profile file El Chapo style takedowns, be it at the airport or on city streets or on the highway, leaving a protest uh, as he was last week when he was leaving um, a anti-lockdown protest in Leduc, Alberta. And today uh, the police converged on his house to prevent him from going to Coots, Alberta to speak to the blockade protesters there. So maybe now we have that video. Ezra Levant here from Rebel News. I just got a phone call from Nathaniel Pavlovsky. That's the son of Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. He told me that his dad was just arrested at home in Calgary. He said there was an undercover police van staked out surveilling the family home and that they grabbed his dad, Arthur Pavlovsky, arrested him and took him off to jail. There were some other police cars there apparently too. Um, stopping him from going to speak to the trucker blockade down in Coots, Alberta. The Calgary police literally arresting a Christian pastor who was planning on speaking to a peaceful protest. This is not the Canada that you thought you were in. This is an authoritarian Canada that's verging on a police state. I spoke with Sarah Miller, the lawyer for Arthur Pavlovsky, she has dispatched her criminal law colleague, Chad Haggerty, to see how quickly we can get him out of jail. If you want to help crowdfund those excellent lawyers, I know them both, they're outstanding, go to savearthur.com. That's savearthur.com. Hopefully we can get him out of jail right away. This was clearly an attempt to stop him from expressing himself politically to these truckers. Go to savearthur.com. You know, ladies, this is astonishing. And what this reminds me of is the 2002 Tom Cruise film, Minority Report. It depicted a future society in which the police had something called the pre-crime unit. And with the help of psychics, they would get a pretty good idea, but not 100% accurate, of a <laughs> citizen uh, that might be, could be, wants to commit a crime, and they would arrest them before the crime is committed. Therefore, the name of the unit, pre-crimes unit, that's this. They've got cops going to the pastor 
arresting him for the pre-crime of his intention to go down to Coots, Alberta. This is fictional, or I should say science fiction, becoming today's reality 20 years later here in Canada. I am astounded. Go ahead, Kelly. This is one that I just, I mean, we continually hear his name coming up and some people like to think of him as a nuisance or, well, he's asking for it and they don't like his provocateur nature and people have all their reasons for hating on, on Pastor Archer and none of them matter. His personality and whether you think that you could go out for coffee and enjoy time with this man are irrelevant. Uh, there's also a lot of Christians who like to argue that he's going against God and if you really cared for your fellow man and if you really love Jesus, you would get vaccinated and you would say the script and you would do what all the politicians are doing. And it's, it's quite alarming to see the mentality because what I see is a man who's just trying to warn this country on every front, whether it's standing and trying to feed the homeless or whether it's, I mean, how many times now have we seen him? It's like, they're just, they're just waiting for him to mess yeah. up. And when they don't have anything legit, they'll get him anyway. And I have seen many cases of really despicable things happening and people doing horrible things, sex crimes, et cetera, that do not get politicized this much, that do not get this much hate. Um, for a man of God who really is feeding the people of Calgary and taking care of those who nobody cares about, like the people you were talking about, Sheila, that just want to wear a mask and say they're saving the world, but would never do anything. They're not out there doing what Archer's doing. They're not feeding the homeless. They're not feeding those addicted to meth. They're not feeding those without without anybody exactly. and any support system. This is not an easy thing to do. And he should have been left alone from the get-go, but instead we've had multiple charges and incidents and he gets shamed and embarrassed. And it's really quite despicable legally, but also socially. And the media complex as always has disappointed and been pretty gross on this. So I'm I'm always curious to see where this will go. He's an extremely resilient man, I'll say that, and his spirit never dies. Um, and he's so desperate to get Canadians to see the truth. And people really need to start listening to people that come from other places that are uh, maybe a little less free than here. We're, we're becoming everything that these people fled. And he's been trying to tell us that for how long now? Yeah, Sheila, what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, I, I, I don't think there's any there there. I mean, the idea of the police pre-arresting him for something he might do or said he did or said he was going to do, but hasn't actually done. How does that make any sense? I mean, that can't be a, um, <laughs> you know, something worthy of a prosecution in my mind. You know, the police use these loose mischief laws, or rather I should say abuse these loose mischief laws and the loose definition of mischief all the time. It sounds like they're doing this in Ottawa where they are arresting the people who are bringing yeah. gasoline or diesel, sorry, they're big rigs, so the diesel, to the truckers under this accessory to mischief yeah. charge because they think the truckers are committing mischief by honking their horns. So by extension, like it's just... If you see somebody charged with mischief, realize that it's a catch-all. And it sounds like the police are really pushing their luck here. Um, we don't have all the details yet. But, uh, you know, it's funny because you'll see you'll see people justify the state targeting Pastor Art over and over again because they disagree with something he said or they disagree with his theology or they disagree with the, the way he practices his faith. As though that's any justification to send the police to your house and arrest you like <laughs> arrest you like this for a pre-crime. Pastor Art and I have probably theological disagreements. 
but I will fight for his right to hold those beliefs and express them in a way that he sees fit without being hauled off to jail like this. This is ridiculous. Um, so, you know, it, it's funny how people will say, I believe in free speech, but then Pastor Art said this, this, and this, and this. And so... I don't care if you got arrested. Well, then you don't believe in free speech at all because you don't believe in it for your enemies. It's just like, for example, a lot of people don't know this, but we actually um, allow we at Rebel News, we gave a lot of our um, arguments to a small left wing union linked publication to help them get access to the Alberta legislature because we had made those legal arguments and we heard that they had been blocked by the Alberta government. And we thought, no, if we believe in free speech and free press for us, then we have to believe it for our political enemies, too, and probably our social enemies. You know, like I, I, I think that those people would cross the street to avoid me. Um, but we gave them our legal research. Now, did we get a thank you? No, actually, they went on social media and said some unkind things about us. But that's not the point because we're better than them and we know it. And it, that's that's what it means when you believe in something. You just don't believe in it for yourself. If it's a, if it's a moral and ethical viewpoint that you hold, it can't be situational. It has to be for everybody. Sheila, you raise a really good point in terms of the political uh, question here. I'm just wondering, who do you think is really behind this, what I would say is vindictive and petty harassment of Pastor Art? It, it, I don't buy that it's the Calgary Police Service acting organically and independently. So who is behind this uh, jihad against Pastor Art, Sheila? He's embarrassing the Alberta government all over the world. So if he goes to this place where the world is watching the truckers and the farmers fight for freedom, hmm. he is going to continue to embarrass them on an international scale because all eyes are on Pastor Art. Um, and so obviously this is Alberta Health Services one more time um, under the new health minister, Jason Copping, and of course a healthy helping of uh, Calgary tyranny. Um, I think this new mayor is even worse than oh, yeah. the old mayor. Jody Gondek is uh, obviously, she's even more progressive than Nahid Nenshi. And Nahid Nenshi, his dislike for Pastor Art was more than political, it was personal. And I think that is carried on now going forward. And I think it's only going to get worse for Art, not better. And you know, what? what is perversely amusing is the more they harass him, the more they arrest him, the more they cart him off to jail, the more international news emerges yeah. about their um, vindictiveness. people. Yep. <laughs> it, it's, it, they never learn, Sheila. They never learn. Now, with about 15 minutes left, uh, Sheila, I, I'm assuming we have some uh, chats to get to. We definitely have a pile of chats to get to. And uh, we there's a bunch of stuff we didn't talk about, um, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to it um, if we have time. Okay, let's go back. Sorry. Though, oh, yeah, there are quite a few here today. Um, okay, here we go. We've got one from Harper Will Always Be My PM. Gives us five bucks. I was 100 ex percent expecting when truckers hit Toronto that Doug would also claim he was is this from today no that's yesterday sorry that's 
No, this is yesterday. Sorry, I'm just sorting through. Thank you very much. There we are. <laughs> no, no, I don't see it. David, ad lib something, please. Will I try to start out what's okay. going on on my computer? Um, <laughs> Kelly Lamb, what are you, what are, I, I forgot, uh, I apologize to get over to you. Your thoughts on what is going on right now with uh, Pastor Art. Well, I think I said probably most of it at the beginning, so I'm probably not the best person to say, but I've always got more to say when it comes to the stuff that's going on in this country and the direction that we're heading. I know that a lot of it was AHS and Kenny, but I do put Trudeau at the helm of this. I know that people like to say, oh, you just always want to blame Trudeau, but he has really started the rhetoric and given social license to these politicians across the board and to the various health services to just, like I said, it's whether it's citizens or whether it's you know, people in authority, the bullies are getting away with whatever they want. They have this thing. It's like they're excited. They finally, we get, we get a chance to do what we want. And that's what I see with Pastor Archer. So I, I see it from the cops. I see it from the AHS and I see it from just the overall sort of tide, the way the tide is turning in Canada. And I also can't help but comment on something that seems like a million years ago because so much has happened with all of the COVID stuff, but all of the churches that burnt across the country and how so many investigations were just closed and how nobody seems to care. There's just this, this continuous theme now where we're starting to see Christian persecution creeping up in the West. And it's really quite alarming. And I don't think this would happen. I, I genuinely don't think this would happen with most other faiths. And I'm not trying to play the victim, but there's a, a current trend that's undeniable against um, the Christian faith and people that are, are believing in Christian values, whether it comes to gender bills or anything else, we are demonized. And I think that's a huge part of the undercurrent that needs to be brought up with Pastor Art as well. And you know, Kelly, the B word bully, I think you're really onto something here. And what makes these types of bullies worse than bully classic is the fact that when you're a bully with a bureau in, in the bureaucracy, you are untouchable. You cannot be fired. You cannot be disciplined. In fact, they probably uh, got a uh, raise uh, during the pandemic because that seems to be business as usual in other jurisdictions. Uh, they just fail upwards and it's reprehensible. And I'm not sure what the solution is uh, to that issue. Sheila, are we back with the, um, the chats now? Yeah, I figured out where okay. I was and what I was doing there. I just <laughs> was looking in the wrong chat. Um, I was looking in the one from yesterday with Adam and I. So we've got uh, Annalisa, 1964, who, as I always say, has David Menzies in the bloodstream like an AstraZeneca clot. Uh, she gives us 20 bucks and she says, my two favorite people, this must be before wow. Kelly got on the stream. Yes. Um, she says, I just wanted to thank you and all the Rebel team for exceptional reporting. Oh, and I must not forget, looking mighty fine today, David. <laughs> uh, and Sheila, you're gorgeous as always. I love how I'm just always the afterthought. But I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I see what you see, Annalisa. I really do. Yeah, but you know what, Sheila? Always the devil's in the details when she said my two favorite people. I think she meant Kelly and you, my friend. <laughs> well, well, thank you for including me. That was very kind. <laughs> such a nice guy, David. You're such a nice guy. I can see what Annalise sees as well. Yeah. Thank you, Annalisa. Uh, Fraser McBurney. Five bucks, love in his cap locks as always. He says over 50,000 Americans have died from COVID jabs. That means over 5,000 Canadians have died from the COVID jabs and the vaccine mandates. Now, uh, Iru Dick gives us five bucks. Beware of the Saskatchewan Premier. He may be doing away with the Vax Pass, but they are still implementing their 
EID program. Just another way to deny you driver's license, photo ID cards, and passports. Um, I have filed for access to information on the Saskatchewan electronic ID um, because I just want to see what it entails. There's a lot of people jumping to conclusions, and I am one of those people who genuinely thinks that um, when government does something, they mostly almost always have sinister motives, but I just want to see what that entails. Is it just like where they are merging um, some of your government ID with your health card and your uh, Saskatchewan insurance? Because you guys have like Saskatchewan SGI, right? So is that that. what they're doing? Yeah. So is that what they're doing to just make it like all in one place or is this something else? So before we jump to conclusions, let's just wait and see actually what they say they're going to do. And then I'll file for what they were talking about doing, because those are often two different things also. So um, let's just uh, wait and see. Uh, John Entwistle gives us uh, 10 bucks. Will Trudeau pull out the family's martial law card again? Well, they did in what was it, 1970, uh, the War Measures Act. And uh, there's that famous uh, uh, quote by Trudeau when asked by a journalist how far uh, do you plan to go? And I think his answer was, just watch me. So, um, yeah, uh, maybe it's a matter, ladies, of uh, like father, like son. Oh, I thought they meant the Castro martial law card. I didn't know what family we were talking about there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all very confusing <laughs> understandable <laughs> mixed um joyful from the heart a dollar is it possible rebel news could ask polyev why he supported trudeau's false condemnation of anti-semitism islamophobia anti-black etc in the protest i like him but this is troubling i didn't know that he supported that but i do know that the conservatives um after that motion asked the liberals to condemn the use of blackface. Um, I think Arnold Bearson did that. Uh, Top tier trolling, Arnold, by the way. And the liberals did not because how could they, right? Isn't that amazing? And by the way, is Pierre on speaking terms with us? I think he could be. Okay. Maybe we should reach out. Why didn't you reach out, David? (laughs) Okay, I shall. (laughs) But you know what? We don't need his approval or even real contact with him to do our job. We'll hold him to account whether he likes it or not. And you know what, Polyev? I think people will convoy you just as fast as they convoyed Justin Trudeau. So just, (laughs) you know, Canadians are a different breed these days. Um, Cuba Bound gives us a buck. Is this another two weeks scam? Why not drop all mandates and emergency orders now? Yeah, I'm interested to see what just Jason Kenny does today because he's like, if hospitals remain blah, 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 blah. I'm like, ah, you got the the uncertainty in there. So you can just sort of walk that back instead of cross my heart, hope to die. Swear to God, stack of Bibles. No problem. Best summer ever. Oh, lockdowns of fall come along. So. We'll yeah, see. You know, Sheila, I always scratch my head about this. Like, if you are going this direction, just say effective immediately. I mean, is does the coronavirus yeah. have some kind of a day timer where, you know, it yes, will. Yes, David, it, it, it does, because you can't have a beer in Alberta. You can order your beer at 10, but you got to get home. You don't have to go home, but oh. you can't stay here by 11 o'clock because the coronavirus is apparently on some kind of timer. It's got a watch and it's got a calendar. And that's how it kills you, apparently. It's so frustrating. Uh, Very anonymous. wise virus. 
<laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how it'll get you um, based on the reasons you're protesting? Yeah. For oh, example, yeah. BLM, definitely not a super spreader event. Protesting lockdowns, straight to jail because it'll get you. You know what, Sheila, that was the turning, and Kelly, that was the turning point for me and I think many people when we saw those BLM demonstrations violating all these mandate rules, and you had top medical officials and scientists stating on the record that, well, it's for a good reason, uh, and therefore uh, we'll turn a blind eye uh, to the lack of social distancing, masking, uh, etc. I think that is really the point where they lost the room. Yeah. Yes to BLM, no to Christmas. <laughs> you know, uh, Anonymous gives us a buck. The best platforms for communication are Minds, then Odyssey, and Element.io, all decentralized and open source email, ProtonMail, Ctemplar. People should not use Telegram. It's not good. And Signal is the same. Delete your Facebook and Twitter and Google and give... Uh, because if you do, you give power to big tech. Okay. Um, I'm just reading these, do what you want beyond whatever social media you want <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, drop O sense gives us 20 bucks. It looked to me like a time machine back to 1967. I think David is the only one of us who is alive to remember that <laughs> the 100th anniversary of confederation. It has been that long since there's been as much unity as brought by the truckers. Was that uh, 67 Howard? or 57? I couldn't read the... Uh, I definitely was not around in 1957. Let me tell you that much. I want to correct the record. <laughs> I wasn't even around for the first time they whipped out the War Measures Act. So... <laughs> Billy Howard gives us two bucks until Polyev does a real interview with Ezra. As Leslin Lewis has done repeatedly, in my mind, he's just another censorious Laurentian elitist who I cannot support. Has Ezra reached out to him? I don't know, but we should. Yep. Um, and we should find out if he's going to be um, a Frady cat or a true blue conservative. He should be. If he is willing to uh, smack talk CBC right to their faces, which he is, then he should be brave enough to come on with us and answer some tough questions. And it's a great opportunity because look at this. Bill says he would consider supporting Pierre if he would answer Ezra's questions. I'm mm. sure there are a lot of people like Bill out there. I think it's a great opportunity if you want to get elected. And, you know, Sheila and uh, Kelly, I mean, how many times have we been fooled in the last several years, not just with conservative leaders such as Aaron O'Toole and Andrew Scheer, but with provincial leaders aspiring to be premier, marketing themselves as a true blue conservative while they're running. And when they get into office, um, whiz bang, suddenly they're a red Tory. I can't, I for the life of me, I hope Pierre is going to be true to the messages that he's stating out there, that he won't do a flip-flop as we saw from uh, Aaron O'Toole. You know, I think that's why the party maybe shut him down a little bit last time is because he is a little bit too prickly with the media and they didn't want any of that in their last campaign. Um, so they didn't want him running. Uh, that's just me being speculative, but um, that wouldn't surprise me given the uh, direction they took with Aaron O'Toole. Mm. 
Uh, Roly Polioli gives us a buck. Good morning, adorable, deplorable rebels. Any word on the Pastor Art arrest? Well, we just talked about what we do know. We are deploying a journalist, Mocha Bezergin. He is back home from the convoy. He went to Coots for a day and he's back in Calgary. So he's uh, going to catch up with Pastor Art, if not his family and the lawyer, Sarah Miller, to bring you um, the other side of the story, which in this case is the only side of the story. Fraser McBurney, five bucks, scratch a liberal and you will find a fascist. A Chris Dunn sends us five bucks and I don't see a chat, which is great. Thank you. Angel for Freedom gives us 10 bucks. Excuse me, I'm going to sniff and I don't think anybody wants to hear that. <laughs> it's important for anyone that can head to Ottawa to do so. Concerned that something is about to go down. Police less apt to impose violence. A lot calling for Governor General to remove JT from office. Mm. She's not going to get involved. The only way Justin Trudeau is going to face any sort of challenge to his leadership is from within his own party. The governor general is not going to remove the prime minister. She's just not. She's just not. It's just wishful thinking. It's homemade law again. Uh, Fraser McBurney, five bucks. The 2010 demonstrators were awarded... $19.2 $19.2 million for their actions by Bill Blair. Oh, the G20. Or is it the G... Yeah, it was the G20, right? In so. 2010? Yep. When they... Yeah, okay. Uh, for the actions by Bill Blair, how much will it cost us now? You know? Who knows? We also gave uh, $10.5 million to Omar Cotter for uh, not getting enough sleep in Gitmo. So. But you know what? I remember that G20 meeting in Toronto very well, Sheila, even though it was 12 years ago. And that was one of Bill Blair's most awful moments. I couldn't believe he was still the police chief after it. On day one, on the Saturday, he told all his units, and I spoke to individual Toronto police, stand down, stand down, stand down. And they were overturning police cars and setting them on fire. And there was such a PR black eye to that, that the next day they were uh, kettling, corralling people, innocent citizens. I remember there was one guy, he was just walking to the pub. He he didn't even know about the G20. He was just going to watch a World Cup game, a soccer game. And suddenly he finds himself in a mass arrest situation. So yeah. they turned a blind eye to the thugs, the Antifa types, the black bloc types, and then they turned their uh, ire on law-abiding citizens the next day. You call that policing? No, I call that Bill Blair. He That's just <laughs> what Bill Blair does. Look what he's doing. Now that he is the guy in charge of the gun grab, he's doing the same thing. Gangsters, gangbangers, g- drug traffickers, um, gun traffickers, porous border allowing it to happen. And he's like, you know who the bad guy is? That person out there plinking cans in the backyard in Alberta. That's who he's going after. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, like that's Bill Blair always going after the wrong guy because you can't deal with the real problem. Uh, let's see. Um, Alone Wolf. Logic gives us 10 bucks as Canada needs you rebel. Keep up the great work. I think we all will. Thank you. I hope so. Uh, Bill CF seven gives us a buck says Doug Ford announced yesterday, the elimination of vehicle license stickers, which is buying votes. I think you're just getting rid of the stickers, not the renewal charge. Just the inconvenience of putting a sticker out there all the time. It actually has been convenient in Saskatchewan. I, I can't say it's a policy that I've 
necessarily had any real emotions on, but if I recall when we did it, I'm trying to remember when that was a while ago now. It's it's generally just easier, but I maybe there's political reasons I can't say. Well, obviously I don't deal with the license stuff because <laughs> I don't want to have to go in there and pay all the parking tickets. So when I go downtown and get a parking ticket. So um I just that's my husband's job. So apparently he hasn't complained about it. So things should be going fine enough since we moved did the same thing here in Alberta. He can pay my uh photo radar. It's fine. And, and ladies, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that Doug Ford's company, Deco Labels, does not make those stickers. I don't think he'd give them self, a self-inflicted wound. <laughs> David, with no, with no new sticker on your little electric car, you can probably go a little faster for a little longer because <laughs> it's not weighing it down. Your weak little car. <laughs> See, this is the real reason, folks, why Sheila Gunn Reed hated Minority Report because in that future world, all the cars are electric uh, Lexuses, I believe. And uh, that uh, that lack of carbon does not make Sheila a happy gal. You You're maybe outnumbered on this because I'm just, with her on this one. <laughs> let's just Sorry. stop and appreciate what oversized vehicles are doing for freedom yep. right now. And the next time some liberal from Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal says, oh, look at all you Albertans in your oversized vehicles. What do you need those for? For freedom. Mine and yours. That's why. You're welcome. Oh, Sheila, it's even, it's even beyond freedom. As our good friend Tucker Carlson has stated, if you are alive, thank a trucker. That's how the food yep. got to the supermarket. That's how the medicine got to the pharmacy and so much more. So even if you, uh, you know, don't believe in in, in having a, a vehicle or a carbon based society, whatever it is, your 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 beliefs that way. If you want food and medicine, it got there to the store by a trucker. You shouldn't vilify them. You should thank them. Yep. Uh, Steven Rodriguez gives us five bucks. I wish Rebel News would use some of these donations to expand their presence. How many continents do we need to be on? Maybe some <laughs> TV commercials or web ads to raise exposure. I tell everyone I know about Rebel News and they are thankful. Oh. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we are demonetized on YouTube, so we can't buy ads on YouTube to spread the news. Facebook sometimes declines our ads. Um, it, it makes it, we have to sometimes self-censor on certain platforms. Um, so it's very difficult, but we are growing organically and, um, we've got some great supporters out there. Um, I don't know, uh, AD, maybe you can find it was on K2's Twitter feed from last night or this morning, somebody, we don't know who in Tabor, Alberta, home of lots of acres of corn. Um, that's like the corn capital of Alberta. Hmm. Um, and I think maybe Nickelback too, now that I'm thinking about it, but they better. Lay no, they're from Hannah. The and I'm sorry that I know that. Why do I know that? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, a, it's just up the road. <laughs> it's just up the road. And I'm sorry in advance to Tabor for even just loosely yeah. associating. Come on, Sheila. That's just mean. <laughs> sorry, Tabor. I'll send you a bouquet <laughs> of flowers. Um, but uh, somebody just went and bought a billboard, like, and not a cheap Wow. billboard this is a digital billboard saying uh want the real story of coots read the truth and it says to go to rebel news that's well, you know, somebody just did that we don't even know who did that that's not us 
You know what, Sheila, that might be the sign of the future with all the issues affecting Canada right now. The Trudeau Liberals, what do they have on the front burner? It's Bill C-11, the replacement yeah. for Bill C-10, censoring the Internet. That might yeah. be the way so many people in the near future are going to have to get their message out. Old school billboards. Well, and even the billboard companies don't want to do any yeah. controversial business. So um, I'm surprised this one went up. It might be a private billboard owned by somebody. But there's a reason why we don't use certain billboard companies. And it's because they are prone to uh, the pressure mob. They crack under the pressure mob. So we have the one that we use on uh, Alberta's Highway 2, the busiest highway in Alberta, Um and so far, so good. They haven't cracked to the pressure mob. And I know that there was a time in which they got some heat, not just from the pressure mob, but from the uh, elections commissioner out here in Alberta. Um, but it, it's very difficult. But um, that's why it's so important that our supporters share our work, because that's that's sort of how we grow organically, because we don't always have access to buying web ads and stuff like that or billboards or whatever. Buy our merch. Turn yourself into a billboard. How about that? Go to rebelnewsstore.com. Make yourself the walking billboard for Rebel News. When people are like, oh, what's Rebel News? Then you are a brand ambassador for us. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, great. See? And we've got so much great trucker merch in there. Fringe Minority, Truck Off Trudeau. What did you say? Great. Truck Off Trudeau. Oh, oh Thank mercy you, trucker. me. I, I... <laughs> Honk, honk. You can that, hear me just fine. Too. That hard K, you know. <laughs> yeah. Trucker hats to show your support for the truckers. Just go to rebelnewsstore.com and turn yourself into a walking advertisement for Rebel News. You know, true story, and I think Kelly might appreciate this. I know this from some uh, stand-up comedians. If they're ever in the U.S. and they're kind of losing the room, just say out loud, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and people laugh. I think it's that hard K word, you know, letter, right? That, that, that well, Saskatchewan, people can't pronounce it. So that's always fun. To be honest, I people like listening. Regina more because, you know, whoa, 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 rhyming whoa, association. No, David, so I, won't I, won't, I won't say nothing, but that's why people laugh at us. I'm just saying, you want the Saskatchewan reality? That's the word people mock. And then we have to say, yeah, yeah, I pronounce it like the French word. So Saskatoon I is a great word and it's even brought up in music. So a lot of music. <laughs> I love listening to Americans try to say Saskatchewan. It's fantastic. I or even it. sometimes Ontarioans are like Saskatchewan. No, no, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Ottawa. Somebody said Ottawa. Was that Tucker Carlson said Ottawa instead no. of Ottawa one day? <laughs> I hope yeah. not. <laughs> and then like, when the, you listen to them say Saskatchewan and they say Saskat or they struggle with the first part and then they say Saskatchewan. I'm like, yeah, no, one. like W I. It's like W I N. Yeah. Yeah, we can always tell. We know. And I know because my hometown is Fort Saskatchewan. So, you know. Um, and, and that's funny. That's another um, proviso of the stand up comedians I know, Sheila. They uh, will not play any city in Canada that has the word fort before its name because they just know they're in for a really, really rough time. <laughs> There's a couple. Fort McMurray's got a lot of money. Uh, okay. Becca Henderson gives us a buck. Hope your head is feeling better, David. Glad to see you back. Oh, thank you so much. And it, and it kind of is. I don't know if I'm 100%, but functional. 
I feel like you're operating on all cylinders, David. Uh, I concur. Sister two uh, gives us a buck. Pierre Trudeau. Trudeau was overheard by reporters saying how much easier governing would be if things were run the Cuban way. Nuts don't fall far from the trees, like father, like son. Are we talking about which Cuban dictator or Canadian dictator? Father. Yeah. Uh, my room agony gives us a buck. Good to see you again, Menzoid. Uh, a buck from Aquaskies three six three six. Agree, Re Polyev. He voted yes to sex selective abortion. Thank you, Rebel. Uh, Stephen Rodriguez, five bucks. If you look closely at Pierre's video, he snuck in a copy of 1984 in the bottom right corner. Oh, of his video when he made his announcement that he was running for leader. That would not surprise yeah, me. He either has read it or it's a great prop. Either way, he he made it noticeable. So yes. yeah, there it is Where on that is it? bottom right there. Ah, wise. Yeah. Good man. Good job. Uh, Richard... Richard Yeomans gives us 50 bucks. Holy heck, that's very generous. Thank you. I like the comment about spending some money to help mainstream media watchers know there is another alternative telling the other side of the story. Here's the thing. Not a lot of people are still watching mainstream media. I mean, our journalists yesterday alone were all over Fox News. Uh, we had journalists, you know, on uh, Benny Johnson yesterday, Buck Sexton, uh, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity. So the largest cable shows in the world, our journalists were on. What good would us, good would it do us to spend money to tell state broadcaster viewers that, uh, by the way, we're bigger than the state broadcaster? It just feels like we're punching down a little bit. You I know, think. ladies, isn't it astonishing to you that when it comes to the mainstream media, Canadians have to depend on a U.S. outlet, namely, as you said, Fox News, to find out what's really going on with issues like the uh, Freedom Convoy. It, doesn't that say it all? Yeah. And Laura Ingraham last night, Laura Ingraham last night even addressed the like, why did the truckers have to do this? when Canada has an opposition party and she went down the whole Aaron O'Toole rabbit hole. And it's interesting that you have to look to an American who did maybe a couple of days worth of research to get that sort of analysis mm. that you won't see on the CBC that is paid $1.5 billion to give Canadians that kind of analysis. Wow. Anyway, let's keep going because we're way past time to go. Uh, <laughs> DRB1313. Gives us five bucks. He says he likes Pierre, but even if Harper was leader, I will never vote conservative again. All the backroom scum still pollutes that party. Yeah, they do have to do a house cleaning there. Uh, Mick three CA a buck. I said before Trudeau needs to be arrested unless someone removes the tyrants. The COVID season will never end. Arrested for what though? Yeah, I'll settle for losing an election. <laughs> yeah. I see online some people are saying, like, you know, we have to do a citizen's arrest. That's how you end up committed to a mental hospital. Don't do that. <laughs> and, and and I don't mean that you're crazy. I'm going to I'm saying they're going to treat you like you're crazy. And yeah. that's how you end up on a 72 hour hold. Just don't do it. You're at the very best. You'll get tasered, but you'll get thrown in the slammer. You're going to end up on a mental health hold and with all kinds of charges. So just don't do it. Um, don't listen to the low liability people telling you to do those things. If if 
it should be done. If those people truly thought it should be done, they would go out and do it themselves, but they're going to tell you to do it. And then watch you go to jail for it. Um, Bob Germain gives us a buck and says, are Canada geese still allowed to honk in Canada? <laughs> Not in Ottawa. They got an injunction. Canada geese are fierce. I got to say, these trekkers are fierce, but you don't want to go head to head with the Canada geese. I have been there. I've done that. It's not recommended. So they're not a bad national symbol for us right now. I got to say the libertarian flags with the goose. Very clever. (laughs) When I was a kid, they took over our swimming pool and we just had to give it to them. They just took it. We just like went outside one day and the geese were in the pool. We're like, I guess we don't have a pool now. I guess it's the geese's pool. Sheila, you don't uh, want to swim in that water after Canada geese. No, of course out. not. <laughs> of course not. But we just like, we're like, okay, well, I guess it, it belongs to the geese now. Uh, uh, Mick 3CA, a buck. I bet if the, the constant. Yeah, please leave me alone. <laughs> Mick 3CA, I bet if the constant trunk truck honks were replaced by the we like to party song by the venga boys then truckers wouldn't be banned from honking well, now Steven that's in Rodriguez. my head thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea if waylon jennings or dolly parton didn't sing it i don't know it uh they definitely Steve didn't Bitter- <laughs> See, i know i have i have old trucker taste in music so i would fit right in uh steven rodriguez gives us five bucks that is a good point about fox news with the recent cnn scandals it would give rebel news more exposure if they could do an interview with tucker well then you weren't listening last night because ezra was on tucker and the whole first segment of tucker was um about the truck convoy and then right after that was sean hannity i think the second most popular show in cable primetime and his first segment i think was about the truckers and then we had Lincoln J on there. And I think Lincoln J's on tonight also. So um, we, we are on Fox news actually quite a bit. And um, on the flip think- side, Sheila, um, yep. our friends at the democracy fund had uh, Tucker Carlson on uh, a zoom or Skype link to a packed house at Canada Christian college a couple of months ago. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we have a channel with them, which is uh, in terms of communications, um, which is great. Yeah, why don't we show Ezra's clip? Yeah, yes. let's do it. Excellent. Audio, please. Thanks so much for coming on. So give, it seems like your, the Trudeau government has so completely overreacted to what appears to be a thoroughly peaceful protest that my read as an outsider, a non-Canadian, is that they're very weak. If they're terrified of the truckers, you know, th- this is not a strong government. Yeah, I mean, Trudeau calls them violent. His MPs say they're terrorists. But today in court, the most a judge would give them is that they're enthusiastic horn honkers. And they've asked the truckers to stop honking at night. That's it. Uh, There was an opinion poll that showed 32% of Canadians see themselves reflected in the truckers. In our multi-party system, that would make them the leading party if the truckers formed a political movement. I think Justin Trudeau is more scared than he lets on because these are supposed to be his people. They're young, they're ethnically diverse, they're working class people, but they're not following the script that they normally do for him. Can, can he stop this protest? It, I mean, do you think he can successfully shut it down from wherever he's in hiding right now? 
Well, I mean, taking away the diesel fuel is a low blow. It's very cold in Ottawa, and most of these truckers are living in the little cab in their truck. So they need diesel fuel for heat. So by taking away their diesel fuel, as you showed, he's really freezing them out. And by the way, there's some families, there's even some kids. I don't know what legal justification they have. Uh, the, the diesel fuel is not illegal. Uh, selling it, owning it, having it is not illegal. I think he's just sort of thinking, well, what are they going to do to me? Um, you know, these police go in heavily armed, brandishing their arms, taking the diesel fuel. And so many of Canada's checks and balances have failed. There hasn't been a significant court ruling against the lockdowns. And Trudeau's sort of hoping that they'll be able to starve or freeze these truckers out. I don't think it's going to work, though. It's not just in Ottawa. There are trucker convoys in many other parts of the country, including hundreds that have blocked the Montana-Alberta border for over a week now. It's in the middle of the prairie, hundreds of huge trucks and agricultural equipment that can't be towed away. The, the Mounties tried to move that blockade. The burly uh, truckers stood them down. So I, I think this problem's bigger than Trudeau knows how to solve unless he goes full Castro on them. Uh, well, he's already going there, uh, as far as I can tell. It's tyranny, and I hope they continue to resist. And Ezra, thank you for covering this fairly and honestly. It, you, you've almost been unique in the entire country, so we appreciate it as Americans. Thank much. you. Thanks. Well, you know, the big boss man uh, knocked it out of the park as per usual. And, you know, isn't it funny, ladies, how, you know, a century ago when we were in Prohibition, uh, you had to get really creative of hiding your booze. Like you'd, you'd, you'd buy a fish and stuff your uh, Mickey down <laughs> the fish so you wouldn't be uh, arrested and charged. <laughs> and now it's 100 years later, it's diesel fuel. <laughs> that is the new Prohibition uh, contraband in our nation's capital. Do you ever see this coming? Nah. No, and actually we have a uh, we have a super chat about it. Maybe we can bring up um, some stills of this. People are walking around Ottawa now since carrying diesel is illegal. Um, David Bird, 14, gives us 20 bucks and said, I just started watching. I love the trolling of the police where everyone is carrying a gas can. It's awesome. <laughs> Not just gas cans. They're the yellow ones so that the cops think that they're diesel. And they're just walking around and some of them say like full of love and they're empty or wow. some guy had windshield washer fluid in his. So it's not diesel and carrying a gas can or a diesel can. It's not illegal, um, but they're getting their cans confiscated. But it's sure keeping the cops busy. You know what, Sheila, you raise a really good point here. Maybe the strategy is to hide in plain sight, i.e. Uh, don't carry around a, a, a jerry can, but put the fuel in pop bottles, for example, right? I, I know that's not the the most appropriate way to transfer fuel, but desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah, I saw Alexa's video the other day when they were confiscating diesel. See, yeah, these people are getting their diesel confiscated. But uh, they confiscated like 3,000 liters of diesel. Mm. It's like 5,000 bucks in one sting. Wow. That's crazy. What And what happens to the confiscated material? That's a lot of money. I mean, where is it stored? Right. Who gets to keep it? Yeah. Yeah, people are just wandering around carrying <laughs> empty cans. <laughs> Look at all those haters. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Keep the cops busy.
fighting the real crime in Ottawa. <laughs> Justin Trudeau, you know, he ethics violations all over the place to the point where they're just numbering the ethics reports like Trudeau 1, Trudeau 2, Trudeau 3. He gets a slap on the wrist and he has to say, I'm sorry, and pay a $200 or $300 fine. That's fine. But carrying a gas can, empty gas can, and the police are going to flatten you on the streets of Ottawa. It's just, we're not a real country anymore. Unbelievable. Nope. Uh, okay. Uh, we've Scott's not gives us 20 bucks. Glad to see you back. David Sheila. A pleasure as always. Thank and you. Kelly has mad skills. I oh. tend to agree. Oh. Why, thank very you. kind of you. I, that's very appreciated. And Yana Steckle or Steckley one sends us 20 bucks. I don't see a super chat, but um, that's very generous. And that I think brings us up to the end of the day. And it is 1122 out here in Alberta. So we're well past the top of the hour. So David, why don't you wrap it up for us? All right. Well, I want to thank very much uh, Kelly Lamb for uh, joining in. Great to see you, Kelly. And thank you, Sheila. Thank you to all our viewers, especially the ones who gave us some do-re-mi so that we can keep the lights on. Sheila and I shall be back in this spot at this time on Thursday. In the meantime, stay sane. Hi, my name is Thomas O'Connor. I'm a paramedic with the City of Ottawa. I've been working as a paramedic for the City of Ottawa for 13 years. It saddens me to resign from a profession that I know and love so much. In the 13 years that I have served this city, I've never been this utterly disgusted with the blatant disregard for basic human rights, our constitutionally guaranteed right to free speech, and basic Canadian values. I have been on the front lines assisting the young, the elderly, and the injured. I have held the hands of those who are drawing their last breath, and I have also assisted those drawing their first. I am a son, a brother, a father, and a husband. I have dedicated my life serving the residents of Ottawa. I cannot believe that the man entrusted with Ottawa, Ottawa's well-being, has stooped to the level of servitude of this partisan liberal agenda. When I saw the extent of the damage of the COVID-19 vaccine mandates and any other mandates that have come since then, and how it's inflicted on my community, my country, and the world, <clears throat> I had to join this grassroots movement. I decided I needed to stand alongside the fellow Canadians fighting for their life and their liberty. I must tell you, Mayor Jim Watson, Manager Steve Kenilakis, and Paramedic Chief Pierre Poirier, I have been here on the grounds, and I have seen 